Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Radio Genosis, where we talk about Star Wars from a certain point of view. I'm Angie, and tonight I'm with Jim Gallant. And so we are at... I said that right, correct? Yes, you did. <laughs> I am at um, Lane Breakers with Jim, and we are going to do interviews with the guys who are doing the X-Wing tabletop games. So we, I've done a show before with tabletop games, but we've never really come to watch it. So we just talked about it, but we didn't watch it. So tonight we're going to get a chance to watch it. But before we do that, we're going to be doing some hot happenings of the week. So tonight, the uh, or today, Galaxy's Edge opened, but r- reservations only until the end of June, correct? Approximately, yeah. I think it's uh, June 24th, roughly. Now, I know some people have gone in early. Yes. We've seen some, some pictures from people, and that's Disney, people who work for Disney. Yeah. And um, I know they did an, a grand opening last night and recorded it because right. I watched it last night. Yes, so with that, they had some heavy hitters in attendance. They had Bob I- Iger, right. who is the CEO of Disney, George Lucas. Yes. They had um, the maker. And then um, they had Billy D. Williams, Colt 45. Right. <laughs> Mark Hamill and um, Harrison Ford, who is... Now a force ghost? Well, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, he didn't use the force, but it's possible that the force worked through him. Yes, but now that he's gone, Han Solo is gone, he could be a force ghost when he went up there on stage. Yeah, yeah. Now, you're going to have to help me with this name. The guy who played Solo in the movie Han Solo, his name is Aiden... Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. Oh my God, that's a lot. <laughs> He's the young Han Solo. Yeah. I saw pictures of him with the guy from um, Coffee with Kenobi. Right, yeah, Dan so, Zier, yeah. Yeah, so it was really cool that everybody is there wanting to be part of it. I kind of wish Daisy had been there. Yeah, it would have been cool. I think she's working right now, so she's una- you know, unable to come, you know. Right, right. But I mean, I would have liked even to see Kylo Ren there. Yeah. It would have been really cool to see them, but who knows? They may have been there. Now, have you seen any of the any of the swag that they have there? Uh, I've seen it on video and images, right, right, you know, and uh, everything you know, from uh, Doc Ondar's um, was it Den of Antiquities, I believe they call it. It has a bunch of like collectible things that you can buy. Um, Savvy Saber Shop, where you can build your own lightsaber. I've seen that. Yes, custom lightsabers. Uh, droid Depot, where you can make your own droid. You can make your own astromech droids. I mean, there's a million things. Uh, what is it called? Uh, something Outfitters, um, where you can get your own costume, even. You know. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, our own uh, Lord Bruticus, Joe Mignano, he got to go, and he said, you know, he saw a Emperor Palpatine cane. You know, oh wow. That, you know, he walked around with, and. That went for about $200 to give you an idea of what some of the screen-accurate props and and some of the costumes are going to cost. Oh, my gosh. I saw a droid today, the R2-D2, and they said it was probably... They said that that one that was in the Disney store was $25,000. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the full-scale, big, you know... I'm like, $25,000? And I was looking at the kitchenware. I can't even imagine what that is. Because they had a really cool R2-D2 bowl. 
Right. Like a salad bowl? I cannot imagine. It's probably $250. I don't know if it'll be $250, but it'll probably be... Somewhere in that neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, also what I saw was a lot of drinks. Yes. Um, It looks like, you know, they have blue milk. They have, like, non-alcohol and alcoholic drinks. Yes. Yes. I've seen um, that only six people can be inside the Falcon. At a time, right. At a time. I can't imagine if you had six, Dan Morningstar was there today, Uh 600 people, you're probably in a six-hour wait. But what I'm guessing is that in terms of the ride mechanics and from what, you know, what's behind, you know, kind of behind the walls, there's probably more than one cockpit. So they're going to be able to have more than one crew running at a time. Oh, wow. It's kind of like how Star Tours is, where they have actually three Star Speeder 1000s. Oh, inside. Right, right, inside the building. You don't see them all at once because you're going to one and you're in one and you don't know that the other ones are over here, you know, holding other folks. And they're probably going to do the same thing with the Falcon because having only six people going through at a time on a 20-minute, you know, mission ride, is that's going to be really slow. Oh, I thought they said it was six minutes. Well, six, however... But even even so, yeah. you're talking yeah. about 600 people trying to get on a ride. Yeah, it's, it's, I would guess that there's probably three or four actual cockpits. And, you know, you, you know, and the, the, the cast will, you know, they, they pick your crew, they give you a random, chip, uh, it's like a colored chip, and it will have, like, two pilots, two gunners, and two uh, engineers. Okay. Yeah. And you get one of those... And then you go with that crew, and that cast member will lead you to that cockpit. And there, there'll be other cast members leading other people to another cockpit, most likely. That's my guess. Um, that way they can run three or four at a time. So they're running, you know, 20, 25 people. Yeah, trying to get them through. But still, 25 people is going to take a while. <laughs> but you know what? It's a ride of a lifetime. Well, I'm sure it'll be worth the wait. You know, yeah. you, know you get to sit in the main hold. You get to, you know, around the around the Dejaric table and chill out and you take pictures. And I, I think part of the, the attraction experience is that the cast is kind of giving you a little bit of time to kind of like take it in, you know, and go, oh, look, this is, you know. Yeah. You know, there's Luke's, there's the helmet that Luke wore on the Falcon when he was training with his lightsaber, you know. Yeah, oh, my and God. Little things like that. There's, uh. From what I understand, um, there are Easter eggs throughout all of Galaxy's Edge. So in terms of like finding little things that are you know interesting, um, that's probably why you've got to go a few times. Well, yeah, you to get the whole experience, you're, it's going to take probably several visits, you know, several visits to go in and check it out and see all these little details, you know, because uh, if you have the Disney Play app. And you have that running, it'll convert into a Star Wars-like data pad, and you can interact with elements of the land. You can translate all of the words that you see, you know, because they're they're all written in Orabash. And, you know, you'll be able to see all that stuff and, you know, translate that. There'll be um, signals that you can intercept and, you know, you can uh, hack into. Wow. And uh, from what I understand also is that when you go in, you know, you'll be either a smuggler, a member of the First Order, or a member of the Resistance. And you'll be able to either, you know, either it chooses you or you get to choose, I don't know. Um, Much like the Force. Yeah. And it's, you know, and then you'll be able to interact with the world in that way. And, um, and again, like, you can go to the cantina, get something to drink. They do, like I said, they do have alcoholic beverages. Um, every, Taste the blue milk. Everything is 
completely immersive and in-universe. So, like, if you want a Coke, you're not going to be getting a Coke like in a Coke can or a Coke bottle. It's going to look like a thermal detonator. I saw that. And it's going to be written in, you know, Arabish font. It'll look, it'll, it'll have, you know, it'll look like Coca-Cola, you know, script, but it's in Arabish. It's super cool. I mean, yeah. everything in there. I thought, oh, if I went yet yeah, tomorrow, I just wouldn't have enough money. Oh yeah, I wouldn't I, have enough money. I need I'd about. Want... I, I figured I'd need about twenty five hundred bucks to get everything I <laughs> yeah. wanted. You know, um, you know, figure at least one lightsaber, at least one right. astromech droid, and then you know, random things. You know, that might be cool. There's statues and little things you can buy. You can right. buy like Harris Calicori from Rebels. Wow. Um, you know, just all kinds of stuff. You know? Oh man, it just it looks fantastic, and I think, you know, honestly, I think it's going to blow Harry Potter's land out of the water i mean not to not to talk badly about you know that but it is so much more yeah well i mean to be honest i've never been to universal and to see i haven't gone yet either the harry potter experience and i i'd like to i mean i'm sure it'd be cool but you know star wars is closest to my heart yes obviously obviously close to a lot of people it's gonna it's gonna move me you know and you know from from the people I know who've seen it, my friends and other, you know, influencers who've, who've been there, you know, I mean, people going in there and coming out with tears, you know. Yeah, that's of, what I've heard. And, 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 the, and the ambience of the experience, you know, you're walking along, you'll hear a ship fly over you, you know, at random, you know. And, you know, of course, you're going to have First Order troops, you're going to have the cast members dressed as various costumes. Yeah. Um, and, and things are happening, you know. You know, uh, my understanding... Um, character uh there's a character called vi and i believe she's from the um poe dameron comics she's oh, wow. one of the pilots i could be wrong about that i have to do some research but you know there's like a little like like gun battle that goes on and you'll see chewy and you'll see a bunch of people and you see first order troops fighting resistance troops oh, and you know and that's like an like ambient and you know just the goings on well, that's what would be going on in the galaxy. Right, right. And, you know, that's cause, really cool. Because yeah, because since Black Spire is not a member necessarily of the Republic or the First Order, you know, it's kind of a kind of like Ahsoka. She's yeah. kind of there, but she's not there. You know, she's she's a Jedi, but she's not a Jedi. And I think that's why she escaped Order sixty six. Yeah, well, but that's a story for another time. Well, um, if you read the Ahsoka novel, that is a story for another time, but it, it actually kind of explains what happens. Yeah, I read that. It's wonderful. And, and it may be tied in with season seven, seven of Clone Wars, which is I think it out. is. I so, think it is. I can't wait. Yeah. Now, I, what I read yesterday was the original Star Wars was made on a budget of $11 million. That's you think right by now they've, they've made that over about 20, 20 trillion times. Well, I mean, they made it back... In 78, you know. They made it back in like two days. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, you know, between you and me. I mean, I saw the original Star Wars when it came out as when I was a kid. I saw it at least 50 times in the theater. Of course, you know, it wasn't, the tickets weren't as much in 77, 78. But you still know. at that time, they were, they were priced for the day. Oh, of course, yeah. And, 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 and I remember reading about opening day and Lucas was actually in Hawaii because he was like he was done I'm going to go take a vacation and rest and you know relax and kind of forget about it a little bit and and because uh, uh, if most people don't remember that the, the movie only opened in like 32 screens very very small but man's Chinese for sure oh yeah man's was one I went to the one in Boston uh, when I was you know that age 
And but what he started hearing was, you know, oh yeah, they're lining up around the building to wait to see this movie, and it's selling out every showing. And he's starting to hear this, and, and, and it was like over and over. And then theaters started requesting the film because, oh yeah, it's going to make money. They want to make money, right? And and you know, the first you know first week was thirty two, the next week it was like a hundred, and it kind of kind of blew up, right? And and then this is the first movie that you know basically stayed the entire summer, you know. Uh, the concept of what we you know, we call blockbusters today, you know, that it didn't exist back then. Right. I mean, they were making it happen back then. Yeah, they, were, they were inventing it. Right. Right. And it was one of the first. I mean, I think Jaws, which came and out the in Godfather, and the Godfather, Godfather came out in seventy three, seventy four. Right. And then Jaws came out in seventy five. They were very popular films, and they did very well, obviously. And but and they kind of started, but Star Wars really just blew everything out of the water and it became the best selling film of all time until Titanic 20 yeah, years later yeah you're right and and so you know Lucas was he made a he actually made a bet with um, Steve Spielberg he says if you know my movie makes more than your movie because Close Encounters came out the same year wow I don't know if you remember that but um, yeah Close Encounters of Third Kind also came out in 77 and so like if my movie outdoes your movie, I'll give you points in my movie in terms of profit. There's like a one point or half a point. I can't remember how much. But Lucas ended up, uh, I, think, I, I think, I can't remember how it worked out. But it ended up that Spielberg ended up making like $15 million out of it. Wow. Because, you know, I mean, in the end, the first, I mean, the original run... Star Wars made like four hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they made it back. Yeah, and in that time, four hundred million was a lot. I and mean, that was, it was and, yeah, and that eleven million you're talking about—that's not the original budget. That was over budget because it uh, Fox gave them only uh, ten to start, and you know, and and you know, he was making the first movie, and he was going through what at the time was, uh, you know. The problems of the day, you know, the worst storm in Tunisia in 50 years hit, and it rained, and that's why uh, Tatooine looked really kind of, kind of dark and murky, because it wasn't sunny every day there. They had they had rain, and it normally never rained in Tunisia. Right. Um, you know, and they and they you know he was having trouble with the crew in England when he was filming at Elstree Studio, uh, you know, because they had you know very very strong unions in England for the film crews, and it was like. We're, okay, we're leaving at 6 o'clock. And he's all, can you stay for like one more shot? You know, he would have to ask. And, it, they would, and they would have to agree or not if they want to do like one more shot, if it goes over time. You know? I bet everybody who was involved with that now is well, really glad that they did. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, back then they didn't understand what they were doing, half of them. They were like, what are we doing? Even and, Mark said, you know, he gave his friend the script to read because he thought it was so silly. Yeah, well, that, that, that friend was the guy who played Freddy Krueger. <laughs> oh, my God. Robert Eklund. And... And they were, you know, and it was like, yeah, it was like a lark, right? And, and, but Mark, you know, he read it and he made the right decision by, by playing it straight, playing it sincere, like, like it was real and not funny and not, you know. Right. And because, because he kind of got it, you know, because he was a comic book kid and he had, you know, he, he liked that kind of stuff already. Him and Lucas were very much on a page in that regard. And, and, and so he's like, I'm going to play it straight. 
And and then he was, you know, he encouraged the other actors to do the same. And ultimately, you know, victory, you know, and, and it just... And we're here now. Of course, we're here now. <laughs> and here we are, you know, we're... Here we are, what, 40 years later, 41 years later, and we're in the midst of these guys playing these games. Yep. You know, the tabletop games. Now, you said you, how long have you been doing the tabletops? Well, I started playing Dungeons & Dragons in 1982. and then, uh, so I've been playing tabletop for years. And then I started playing the Star Wars role-playing game in 1995. Um, and that was the second edition of West End's games. Right. Um, and they were, they came out in what, 1987. Right, right. Which was a year, 10 years after the first movie. Correct. Now, what I read with, the, with, what I read with that is that with the West End games, that's where the twerkle came from. The, the the green girl with the how they invented the uh, Twi'lek. Well, they, they they invented a lot of the names for the background characters and the okay. races and stuff like that because uh, some of that wasn't established yet. Um, and like uh, in when the first edition of the game came out. And they came out with the first edition source book and various other source books that came after. They were filling in blanks that didn't exist yet, you know, in terms of planet names and ship names and uh, alien species, you know, names. Now, Lucas was okay with that. Well, yeah, because he wasn't really doing anything with it, you know. He was, in, in Lucas's mind, he was done with the movies. The only thing that was going on at the time was the uh, Marvel Comics. They were finishing out its run. Uh, 107 issues at that time. Oh, wow. And, and then uh, Ewoks and Droids was playing, um, the Ewok Adventure movie, you know, stuff like that. But a lot of that was all one-shots, and Lucas was already moving forward doing other things. He was working on Willow, you know, with Ron Howard. And so he was okay with letting West End to go, okay, you know, you want to put a name to this? Sure, you know, because we're not going to worry about it right now. And, you know... That established a lot of stuff that would later come into the early expanded universe, which would be populated by Dark Horse Comics, yes. starting in 1993. Right. And, of course, uh, Tim Zahn's books, which started with, you know, Heir to the Empire in 1991. You know, and, you know, that, you know, that book established the name Coruscant. That's where it comes from. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Zahn named the capital planet of the Empire. But all with the blessing of George. Yeah, yeah. It was all, you know, everything would go through Lucasfilm licensing and, and the various book, you know, uh, you know, executives there. And, yeah, everything ultimately, he would either sign off on it or somebody underneath him would sign off on it. Now, what I've also read was that with the West End games, they used some of it for some of the movies. They used the information right. for some of the movies. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of cool that they that these guys were given the, the opportunity to create the game, mm-hmm. but then also they turned around and used that information mm-hmm. for the movies. But I believe it was Disney. Disney ended up buying it, right, for uh, the West End games? Well, basically uh, what happened... In the late 90s, West End Games was about to go out of business. They were having some financial trouble. and Much like Kenner. Yeah, which happens, you know. And um, the Star Wars license for gaming went to a company called Wizards of the Coast. And they're major, they became the makers of Dungeons & Dragons and Magic the Gathering and many games. 
in the late 90s and early 2000s. So the license went to them, and they published in 2000 the Star Wars role-playing game, what they would call the D20 version, in the year, around the year 2000. Was that was that was because Phantom Menace was coming out, right? Because Phantom Menace came out in 99. Correct. So now you have a rebirth of mm-hmm. interest in Star Wars. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's and 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 that first edition of that book, I mean, it had Anakin on the cover. And, oh wow. And, and Senator Palpatine and you know that kind of stuff. And um, and they started making expansions and, and it sold pretty well. And uh, they did a. a a revised version of that game in 2003, 2002, 2003, and and uh, it ran well. And then in 2007, they, they did another revision. It's called Saga Edition, and that ran until 2010. And then the license um, got sold away from them, or I'm not sure, I don't want to say take it away from them, because Wizards is still doing business today. Right, right, so it just, so the, so the Star Wars games just went to a new person, right, a new company. Yeah, um, I think basically the license just expired, and they didn't choose to renew it. Um, franchise licenses are very expensive, can cost up into the millions of dollars, depending on, on what, you know product you're working on. So now with the new um, X-Wing games and all the resistance and everything else coming out, who owns that? Uh, uh, the license for Star Wars Gaming went to a company called Fantasy Flight Games. Okay. And and that was probably around two, 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 2010, 2011 maybe. You're exactly right. And um, they developed a new RPG called Edge of the Empire. And uh, it's actually an RPG in three parts. Uh, they all started based in the Rebellion era, and they started with Edge of the Empire, where you could play characters that are like scoundrels and pirates and that kind of thing. And then they did, um, the next year they put out a book called Age of Rebellion, where you uh, were more of a soldier type, where you could be like an X-Wing pilot, or a Sen- uh, or like you know Princess Leia, where she was kind of like a general slash leader of the Rebellion. Right. Those kind of characters. And then a year after that, they released Force of Destiny, were that fleshed out force sensitive characters who were either um, Jedi who survived Order 66 or force sensitive. That would sensi- be us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or force sensitive who, you know, didn't don't get know hit. yet. Yeah, right. they don't know that they have it because now you no longer, at this point, we no longer have the temple. Right. So it's, it's like in Ahsoka's book, there was, a, there was a young child who was Force-sensitive, but really didn't know what that was. Right. She didn't know she was Force-sensitive. She just could do cool stuff. Right. And Ahsoka immediately knew because, you know, she understood. Right. And, um, and yeah. And so that's what Force and Destiny covers. And they've done a bunch of expansions for that, and they fleshed out all the different classes and races and stuff that you can do. And that's the current version of the RPG. And it's doing very well. Um, a lot of people like it. I like it. I think it's pretty good. Um, and also, in addition, Fantasy Flight Games did the X-Wing Miniatures game. That right, was, which is what we watched tonight. Right. And that's the first uh, game they did. Then they did Star Wars Armada, which is more of a fleet-level version. Oh, wow. Where uh, the, the ships are at a um, smaller scale. So you could have stuff like Star Destroyers and right. Mon Calamari Cruisers and squadrons of X-Wings. And because they're smaller. Right. And so you're dealing more at a, a fleet scale. And that, that game is also available. Um, 
and I think X-Wing Miniatures is in its uh, second edition. So they've already, you know, been around long enough to, to you know, revise the rules and, you know, make correct errors and improve the rules and stuff and, you know, come out with a second edition, which is what is available today. And um, all, the mo- all the models are usable uh, with each other, except for Armada, because they're different scales. Right, because they're smaller. Right. Um, so if you got an original X-Wing from the original game back, you know, a couple years back, you can still use it today. They do have updated rules cards for everything. So if you have a Han Solo Millennium Falcon that you got, which was available, you know, four, three, four years ago, you can use it today. Or you can use Lando's Millennium Falcon, which is a second edition. Vehicle. Yeah, that's all like, okay, we're going to debate who owns it. <laughs> well, I'm sure that, you know, when Billy was talking um, at the... Uh, Galaxy's Edge dedication, you know. He pretty much said, it's my ship. Yeah, I'm the original owner of this thing, you know. <laughs> and now he is again. If Judging from the new movie, he is again. Well, he's driving it at least. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, fine by me. And and um, my hope, if, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a forlorn hope, but uh, I hope that somehow, some way, he's able to reunite himself with um, L3. Oh, wow. Because essentially her essence or her brain or whatever... Is in the ship. Is in the ship. And um, I don't know if... uh, Think about this. Remember in Empire Strikes Back? Remember when 3PO was talking, he said, this ship has a peculiar dialect. Right. Maybe he was talking about L3. Yes. I agree. I I agree that he's... That's an Easter egg. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of an after-the-fact Easter egg now, if you think about it. That's how, you know, some of the newer stuff is making the older stuff even more interesting. Right. Know? Who Which, knows? He could build a... Little point of interesting tidbit. Uh, Phoebe, she's actually... You know, she's also... You know, she's a comedian and a writer. She's not just an actor. Um, but uh, she was actually um, enlisted to punch up the script for the latest James Bond movie that's coming out. Oh, wow. Yeah, Bond 25 or whatever it is. Oh, my gosh. I know. Because it's 50 years with James Bond. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so he's coming on with this. Okay. So, yeah. That's really cool. I'm, you know what? You're an encyclopedia. I'm glad I had you come tonight. <laughs> you let me talk, I will talk until you get sick of me. So. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's good to hear because at times I make mistakes when I'm talking about certain things. So I'll come back and correct it um, because, you know, we just talk about Star Wars from a certain point of view. So it's a lot of fun. But I like to, I like to come in and do different interviews and the interview that we did at Comic-Con Revolution right. was really cool. I enjoyed it. I don't know if you got a chance to hear it all. Not yet, no. Okay. But it, it turned out really well, and I was very, very happy. You hear all kinds of interesting things, and what brings people to Star Wars? Mm. What, what brought them to where they are today? Oh, yeah. You know, so it's been really cool to, to learn all of this and to meet all these people and to um, see what everybody does and all the charity work and all the fun everybody's doing. You know, people are doing this on a Friday night because they love it. They're playing the X-Wing games. This is what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really, really cool. It's better than being at a bar drinking. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's a great diversion. And, and it, you know, like you said, better than being at a bar drinking. I, you know, I've never been in that situation. <laughs> so I'm not too worried about it, but... Um, 
But then again, I've been a Star Wars fan all my life too. So I mean, this is. I've kind of been one of those closet people just a, until a few years ago. Well, yeah. You know, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't really care what people think. I'm going to get out and do what I want to do, and you know, I'm going to like what I like. I've always loved Star Wars. Saw the movie when I was a kid. You know, I was. I, but I only saw it once in the movie theater. But every time it was on TV, I'd watch it. Mm -hmm. You know, and so when and when all three movies were in the movie theater, I saw them. Yeah. And I was sad when the last one, when we saw Return of the Jedi, because I thought, oh, that's it. You know, there's nothing else. Right. I didn't realize there was a whole different community going on behind the you know behind the curtain. There were people LARPing. There were people doing the role play. There were people, you know, reading the books. I did not realize that all of that existed yeah. until recently. Yeah. Well, it took a while to start. Okay? Yeah. Um, you know, there, because, I mean, it took 10 years for a role playing game to come out. Right. Um, but that's was, because there was a love for it. Right, of course. And uh, it took a few years for everything to kind of set up. I mean, there were only a few novels written on the outside of the movies themselves, the movie novelizations. Um, there's like seven, you know, so not a heck of a lot. Um, the Marvel comic run, which is like I said, about 100, I think it's 107 issues, the original Marvel run. And that was about it. And know? the toys. And yeah, the of toys. Of course, the action figures and whatever. But you know what? That's what made people happy. And you know, that's what, you know, they, people wanted more. People, it's obvious that after the three movies, people wanted more. And it's obvious today, with Galaxy's Edge opening, you just can't get enough. Well, yeah, it, you, it's a phenomenon. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not sure exactly how it became, you know, going just from a popular film to a pop culture, you know, phenomenon. Because uh, people passed it on to their kids. Well, in part, yeah. Yes, and people passed it on, and then these groups developed, and then you had people wanting to join, and then it just sprang up from there. It oh, just yeah. it just sprang up from there. And I'm I'm part of three groups right now. You're part of, um, are you 501st as well? No. Rebel Legion and Saber Guild. Yeah, and and that's you know it, it's a wonderful thing you know that some guy in South Carolina. Came up with an idea. Yeah, you know, um, Al, yeah, this is all Albin's fault, at least for the costuming side, you know. Uh, Albin Johnson, uh, founder of the Five of Fears, was like, oh, I'm going to wear some armor to the, you know, special editions of Star Wars. We're just going to, like, hang out and stand, you know, all they do is just stand around. And But but the, the people who are going to see the movie, they're like, this is cool, we want more. Yeah, let's go take <laughs> pictures with them guys, you know. And then, then Albin learned, oh my god, there's a bunch of people out there doing this, or wanting to do this. Wanted to do this, just it, get a group together. Yeah, and then it you know, became a simple web page, and then it expanded and became 501st.com. That's all it needs to do. And then, you know, not much later, 2002, I believe, is when the Rebel Legion formed. And then all the Rebel Legion started. You know? I mean, I trooped with the Rebel Legion for like three years before I actually ever even joined them. Oh, know? wow. My first event was in 2005. And, you know, we did a, we did a, well, I did two things. I did a, a library event. So it was like a reading thing. And then um, we did a Make-A-Wish event at Walmart in Apple Valley. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and that was amazing because... You know, we're all in our various costumes, and in the store, I mean, you've been there, right? I mean... It's you, little. It's not, it's not a huge store, but they had a line all the way around the store waiting to see us in costume. Um, you know, my friend Dan, uh, Dan Glitch, who's a wonderful dude, and I miss him to death. I think he lives in Vegas now. 
um, but they all lived here originally. But um, he, he had a Vader suit, and so he wore his Vader suit, and a bunch of us wore Jedi costumes because that's what I started with, and I'm, I've been pretty much a Jedi forever. Um, and we were just, you know, had our photo taken, and the donations went to Make-A-Wish, and that was my first real you know, fan. I actually joined in 2007, and, you know, didn't look back, you know, I just... Yeah, me too. I, I originally... So I originally saw Gabe at, at a convention. I wanted to join the Saber. I mean, I wanted to join Rebel Legion first, but Rebel Legion came after Saber Guild. Nice. <laughs> well, that was after you and I met, and you know. And the whole thing's history. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today here at Radio Genosis. Please follow us on Facebook. Please like and subscribe on YouTube at Radio Geonosis. I also have an Instagram, Radio Geonosis, and on my Facebook it is Radio Geonosis 2.0. So from all of us here at Radio Geonosis, please thank you, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Radio Geonosis. And tonight I am at Linebreakers, so to observe the X-Wing game is tournament. Correct. And I am with... Uh, Sean McCord. All right, so Sean... Tell me a little bit about what, how long, when you got into this, how long right. you've been doing it, right. and um, exactly what you guys are doing tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, right, it's uh, the X-Wing game is where a miniature tabletop game. And I got into it about, about three years ago now, sometime in July 2016. That's when oh, I started. Wow. When I first found out about it. And uh, it's a really fun game. It's... Okay, and then basically it's just a, a tactical dogfighting game with Star Wars ships, basically, and uh, and that's what really first drew me to it was the theme Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars fan, right? And I was the ships and the the dogfights, like the Battle of Endor, was a big thing for me in Return yeah. of the Jedi. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And so the theme of the game is really fun, and then actually getting a chance to play with, play it, it's it's a very tactical dogfight game, like I've said, and. Uh, so it's a really thinking man's game, like chess. We have to guess and dial your maneuvers in to move, maneuver, and try to destroy your opponent. So it's a really fun game that way. And just the community is also pretty awesome. Yeah. How you, do you come every Friday to do this? I try to. Yes. I won't. I don't get to make it every Friday, but Fridays we either do a tournament like today, or it's just like a casual play day where we try to get as many people out as we can to play the game and teach new people or just have fun flying casual events and stuff like that. Now, you, you have to bring everything with you, right? You have cards and, and... Absolutely. Usually, you should bring everything with you, but we have a good community here, and a lot of people try to collect the whole thing when you only need a certain amount. So we, like, we can share ships with people and let them try it out before they actually buy anything. So you don't have to have it, but if you want to go to a tournament and play more on a higher, higher level, you should probably have it. Right, and you have... When you get the ships, do you have to paint them? What do, what do you, what do, you uh, do? All these models are pre-painted already, oh, wow. so you don't have to, but if you want to throw your little own flair onto it, uh, you can paint them. And from what I saw, there was, there was coins. There's, uh, yes, there's the, different tokens that represent your shields and, uh, and your, your actions like focus or target locking with your targeting computer. And most of that, when you first buy it, is cardboard, but like when you play in tournaments and stuff, uh, the company FFG has a prize support which gives you metal tokens or acrylic plastic tokens to help 
add your own little flair to your television show that you and watching it tonight was really cool i mean it's it's i like watching how you were doing this tactical stuff and how you have to think about you know where you're going to move and what you want to do and with the dials and everything this is really cool this is the first time i've ever seen this okay so i i've been to another comic book store and i saw the whole the box with everything in it and so i didn't really know exactly what it is and so i've i've actually done a show before where we talked about tabletop games and role play games and all that, and okay. so this is this is really cool to get be to able see to it see in it. action. Yes. It's pretty fun. It's a really fun game. It's fairly easy to learn, but to get to the little nuances, there's a lot to it. Thank you, oh, thank absolutely. you, Sean. No problem. Thank you. I'm with Jerry. So, Jerry, tell me how you got into playing the X-wing games. How long you've been involved, um, and what you really like about it, and and all the stuff that you have. Okay. Um, well, I've always been a Star Wars fan, number one. And uh, when the game came along, uh, I have a friend of mine's uh, son uh, who got me into into this game, and he bought me a couple of ships. We played a few games. I got hooked, and it is a lot like uh, chess. It's a little bit like uh, space chess. You have to anticipate your opponent's moves. And in the meantime, plan your moves, and uh, when you get close enough to do battle, then you you do battle. So it's very, very similar to to chess, and I, I'm a big, avid chess player. Yeah, I, it's interesting. It's very, um, there's a lot of um, strategic moves that are going very on, so. you know, and a lot of planning on what you're going to do and how yes. you're going to fight. And it, it's been really interesting to watch. But how, what, when did you get into this? How long have you been involved? Uh, I think I've been involved in it uh, for about three years now. And um, it was, uh, it took a while to build up my collection. I, you know, uh, just like any collector, uh, you know, you want to own everything or one or you know, like two of everything. So, um, so yeah, about three years that I've been involved in it. Wow. So on um, Friday nights, I'm, I'm here at the game shop. <laughs> but you know what? This is your form of relaxation. So yes. it's really cool to be able yes. to watch this. And, you know, I'm enjoying seeing yeah. all the, the moves and everything that everybody are making and uh-huh. how they're playing the game and explaining it to me. I'm glad mm-hmm. that you guys are sitting there explaining it to me. Because at first when I stood there, I'm like, okay, so what's going on? Yeah. But I, I really like the fact that there's um, asteroid fields and gas clouds and things like that. So And you have to be able to move around. And the cards that you take out to, mm-hmm. to give you the moves, it's... It's really cool to watch. And that's also part of the attraction, too, is if you notice that, you've already noticed that this community is a very, it's we're really friendly, and people come up and want to play. We've, uh, we offer our, our uh, equipment, our gear, and, and get them in, in, interested, because we're always building, we're always uh, interested in building our community as right, well. Right, right, so, getting more people. So in. it's a good community to play with. So, you, you know, you got to like the people that you play with. Exactly, because <laughs> you're in close proximity yeah. of them. Yeah, right. well, you got to like most of them, some of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, thank you, Jerry. All right, you're welcome. Hi, I'm with... I'm Roland. Hi, Roland. Can you tell me how long you've been involved with this? And tell me a little bit about your collection. Sure. I've probably been playing close to three years. And in my collection, I own every ship there is because I'm a collector of things like that. But I mainly like to play Galactic and First Order. And there's a new faction out called Separatist, and so I, I play those three... Well, that's my three factions. Oh, that's cool. Playing. So now, what... I just have the other ships just so I'll have. <laughs> they're Star Wars ships, right? That's right. And they're really cool looking. They are. Can you tell me how you got into this? 
it began with my son-in-law. I've always played board games. My son-in-law is a big Star Wars fan, and he's like, Roland, this looks like a fun game. You ought to check it out. And I had, I had looked at it before, but because he was willing to play, and I seen it was a two-player game, I bought the base, the base set when The Force Awakens came out. Oh, wow. And then they moved, and I put everything away. And it set for a bit. And then I ran into a friend of mine, and we got talking. It was something he wanted to try. So I told him I had the game. We tried it, and he really took off with it. And because of that, it kind of dragged me along, and I got more involved. Yeah, because it looks really cool. And I do like some of the ships that you have. They're really cool looking. And I, I didn't get a chance to really watch your game, but it, it's a lot of strategic moves. There's a lot of um, different planning going involved with when you have to move everything and stuff. Yes. It looks really, really cool. Yeah, and most of the lists, when you make your own lists, you can adapt them to your play style. And one thing I like, too, about this game, at least I think every list has its strong points and its weaknesses. So going up against certain lists, you may have an advantage, and other lists, you don't. Um, Wouldn't that be the way it. it is in the galaxy? That's the way it is everywhere, yes. <laughs> Whoever has this, knows your weakness, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, thank you, Roland. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I'm with? I'm Sean Tracy. And how long have you been involved in this? Uh, I think we're coming up on three or four years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. What got you into it? Um, I've always liked uh, Star Wars growing up. Uh, one of the first... Uh, Christmas presents I remember right was the uh, the VHS box set. The oh, wow. first uh, before they started changing everything, it was just the director's version of it. Right. Um, I think I got that when I was like four. My parents got it for me. For me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> More for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always liked Star Wars. It was just really cool. I've been into sci-fi as long as I can remember. This oh, is wow. just it's science fantasy, and this is just awesome to me. Yeah, and your collection. Um, I actually downsized just a little bit, um, but I, I liked the uh, the bounty hunter ships, the scum ships, um, the, the uh, Republic. Wow. I just got them. I also play another game called Star Wars Legion, which is actually the little tabletop guys. Um, I play Empire in that one. And then beyond that, it, I have uh, a costume I put together for Star Wars Day this year. Oh, I, wow. I have that. Just a bunch of stuff like that. Now, you were here for that Star Wars event that mm -hmm. we did. I, re I think I remember you were a, a Jedi. No, I, now, was, uh, I was walking around in the uh, the bounty hunter armor right there for uh, the Zan Consortium. Okay, I'm trying to think. I was here, though. Mm -hmm. Yes, here. I was here. Okay. Yeah. Because there was a lot going mm -hmm. on that day. I had yeah. gone to three events, so mm -hmm. I was pretty no, toasted. No, and I was going back and forth. I ran a, uh, a few demos on this table over here. I was also helping out front on the store. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. just generally being a busybody all day. <laughs> now, when did you start doing the tabletop games on Friday night? Um, with the X-Wing, I've been doing that pretty much since I started playing X-Wing. Um, before that, though, uh, ever since the store opened. Uh, oh, wow. I think, what year was that? That was 2014, 2015, something? It's been here all this time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I actually found out about the store the week it opened when it was just that side over there. They, they didn't even have this side open yet. Oh, wow. And it was just a, uh, the store section was maybe a 10 by 10 square. Oh, wow. That's... Mm -hmm. <laughs> But you know what? It's a, it seems like a really cool community, mm -hmm. and coming out to watch you guys play the game is has been really interesting. I didn't get a chance to see your games yeah. going on with Roland, but it, this has been really cool to watch and see. Mm -hmm. And thank you for yeah, no for joining nice me tonight. Meeting.